What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome to Ideation Collective. I'm Jess Larson. Today on the show, I've got Jen Alasco. People said, I want to do what you're doing. How did you... how do you get paid for working for these amazing organizations and do these big events? And um, I always tell them, you've got to start networking. This is another episode of our Innovation and Leadership series where we interview pro athletes, world-class musicians, CEOs, Hollywood filmmakers, and a wide variety of other high achievers. Before we get rolling, we want to invite you to get involved in the charity our founders helped start called Child Rescue. We work to combat child sex trafficking in the U.S. and globally. The top project you could help with now is in Cusco, Peru. There are 20 girls that the local government rescued but didn't have anywhere to keep them safe, so they put them in jail. The government has said that they're willing to give custody of these kids to the aftercare facility we're helping to expand now once we raise enough money and build an extra building there. To learn more, please click on the Child Rescue tab on our website, which is iCollective.co. So with that out of the way, let's get to the interview. So for the documentary Beyond Right and Wrong... Uh, Leitha Singh, our client, she wanted to get a million views. And uh, that's a pretty tall order, right? To just have one million people sit down and watch this film. And so um, Lindsay came up with this convener model, which was really successful for um, for getting this film's widespread. And she basically, we, we got a sponsor, Operation Kids. And they basically said for every view of the film, uh, an organization will get 50 cents per view. And so we started reaching out to organizations like Women for Women, the Malala Fund, the Nelson Mandela Foundation, Free the Children, basically saying, hey, if you could show this film to your to your audience, then you know you can you can earn money for your cause. And so we, we put it on the platform called FilmRaise. And um, people could go on to FilmRaise and watch the film for whatever partner um, or organization that they wanted to support at the time. Yeah. How great is Phil in the Operation Kids? Oh, my films, goodness. Right? Yeah. He's a that, saint. Such Which a fan amazing. of Phil Webb. Right. Um, so, so talk about and this. And I should say he's actually a really good singer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've heard him break down and singing, but it's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, so 50 cents a view. That doesn't sound like a lot of money. But talk about what that could have added up to cumulatively, depending on like how much were they willing to give altogether? Right. So um, basically, I think that it was was $50,000. Right. Yeah. Up to $50,000. I think that the most that one raised was $5,000 just by individually. Yeah. Individually, just by showing the film. So so a lot of people, you know, somebody as famous as the Malala uh, group right talk talk about working with them and how you built like what was the approach to a get them involved and b have them not feel like they were being used like to help them actually be a valued partner um you know 
it was really amazing working with all the different um, people at these organizations. Um, but basically, you know, we really tried to value the work that they're doing by highlighting um, highlighting their their cause or their story, and and creating value for them um, by raising money in, in this very easy campaign convener style. Well, I think about um, wasn't it Nelson Mandela's grandson that came over and spoke at the event with Leica? Yeah, uh, right? uh-huh. yeah, and I just think like so many organizations. Um, I think there's this natural tendency to make sure all the attention gets put on ourselves, right? Because we've got our goals. And I feel like the approach that you guys take of no, we'll all do better if we, if we share the recognition that I I actually feel like you guys get more recognition because you intentionally work to recognize your partners. Do you, do you feel that? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think that that's one of Lindsay's greatest strengths specifically when she's creating these, these campaigns is that it's, you know, the tide rises all ships. And so how can we how can we work together in the nonprofit world? It's so common for people to be fighting over the same dollar. Um, but if if we can find a way that everybody is going to win, um, then everybody is more successful. Yeah. Um, tell me about learning more of this philosophy. I know, you know, on the show, a lot of times we like to ask people who who's had a big influence on them. And you and I were talking about, um, you know, in addition to Lindsay, women like Greta Whalen and Jackie Bauman and Nikki Eberhardt. Um, like someone like Nikki, tell me about what you feel like you've learned from Nikki Eberhardt. Oh goodness. Yeah. I mean, you talk about influencers and I, my brain, you know, really starts trying to dig like, okay, who has influenced me to, you know, like throughout my life. And, um, at this point in my life, I truly am inspired and influenced by this amazing group of women that I, I've been able to work with. Um, you bring up Nikki specifically. Um, she is an incredible woman who has worked with Utah refugees, um, and uh, she has done a lot of stuff for Global Poverty Project. And um, not only is she incredibly successful in her career, she is an amazing mother. And um, I remember, you know, having you know, personal conversations with her after I miscarried my baby and how supportive she was and how wonderful, you know, like it was to be surrounded by women who are like-minded, right. Who want to be incredible moms, who want to be, um, you know, focus on their family and supporting and loving and, you know, nurturing their family, but then also being able to be successful in a career as well. I feel like Nikki, um, she she doesn't take excuses and she she works hard and puts her hours where her mouth is right yeah she i mean she's truly incredible so tenacious um and she she can accomplish so much in in a day right um but she i i feel like she and the other girls that i've worked with have been really sensitive to the work life balance um, of, you know, being moms and then also having careers. That's great. Um, so let's talk about another one. Um, the Larry King dinner, throwing the Larry King dinner, um, with global citizen, which you guys were great enough to have child rescue come be a part of that. Um, tell me what was unique about throwing that event or what, what, uh, what learning experience did you have throwing that event? Well, it's, it's challenging because you need to stick with schedule, right? We've paid for this much time or whatever to be in the room or 
um, the ballroom, but you want to make sure to respect the time that all of your speakers are given, like Child Rescue, Maggie Grace, and Larry King. You don't want to rush any of them, <laughs> so you want them to have have their their moment and their time. And so um, it was important for me to be able to really clarify, okay, this is the time slot we've been given, and to work with the different organizations, work with Child Rescue, um, to say, hey, you know, this is uh, this is the time you've got and, you know, let, let us know if this is going to work and then make adjustments accordingly. Yeah. So like I know for us, we've got Alexis Jones, this great author entrepreneur who's introducing Maggie Grace from, from the movie taken with Liam Neeson, who's then introducing us at backyard broadcast. How do you make sure that that happens on time? So for the, for the Larry King dinner specifically, you know, I really had to have everybody lined up and ready to go on stage, know who was speaking before them and make sure that they were on cue, right? So I'm calling the show like I would call a lighting cue. It was it was funny to me being there because it seems like we're all grown adults and we should be able to follow a calendar or something. <laughs> but but it was like it was like going back to elementary school where you're like literally like we stood behind that grand piano and people told us when to go and when not to go. And uh-huh. I think I guess the the reason I bring that up, because it seems like a mundane fact, but the reason I bring that up is if you talk to people in the crowd, the event came off seamless, right? And I think for a lot of people throwing an event, um, maybe they don't want to be condescending to, hey, these are adults. They know how to get up on a stage on time. But but <laughs> because, you, because you know, the team had us more lined up like school kids, it actually did happen on time. It wasn't just hoping people would get up when they said they get up. Like you had us lined up, it was ready to go. Uh, and it was like, it was like you got like tap on the shoulder. Okay. It's your turn to go. And <laughs> I'm just not sure that everyone thinks that level of detail. And as a result, so many first time events have these awkward pauses and um, people, people are saying, Hey, where's so-and-so don't they know they're next? And you guys had like three and four people deep of who's on deck, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ready and lined up to go. Yeah. Maybe you don't think about that because you do this stuff all the time. But I, I see the other events where you, there's a sound check or somebody's calling for the speaker or things like this, right? Right. No, I for sure think about it. I mean, those are the details that I, that's, I mean, that's my job, right? Is to think through those details and make sure that that dead space does not happen. So, um, definitely. what about books or podcasts or anything? Are there any, are there any go-to books you think innovators or people should be reading these days? Um, do you know what I, right now with being mom and having kids, I don't have a whole lot of time to just sit down and read through a book. And so I actually love audible right now. And I love podcasts because I can play it in the car while I'm driving the kids or whatever. So, um, I've been listening to the school of greatness podcast, which has been, which has been fun. So, I mean, that's, that's something I've been into right now. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I enjoy listening to other people su- being successful. It's inspiring for me. Sure. Um, what kind of advice would you have, you know, for people who they want to get into, whether it's more the promotional space or whether they actually want to be more in the event side of, of the business world? Um, you know, it's not necessarily the most average career, right? And so to be able to do these huge events where you're raising, you know, $118 million gets raised or, or you're working with the Nelson Mandela uh, foundation and these kind of groups, what kind of advice do you have for someone who 
really wants to dig further into that world um, as far as, hey, over the years, these are the kind of things to remember. Right. Um, well, you know, I've actually been asked that question a couple times. You know, people have said, I want to do what you're doing. How did you, how did you, how do you get paid for working for these amazing organizations and do these big events? And um, I always tell them, you've got to start networking. You've got to start working with, with those people that you, you are inspired by or the organizations that you want to grow within. Um, that's what I did. I started volunteering. I started, you know, meeting people and working with people that, that, um, you know, inspired me to continue. And so, uh, I'd say networking is probably one of the most important things, but then also really, um, identifying your strengths. Are you detail oriented? Can you handle high stress situations? Um, you know, are you able to put things together in a a really pretty package after it's been, (laughs) it's been worked on and messed up and changed and it keeps changing. And then at the end, you know, are you, are you able to take all of those pieces and put it together in a way that is coherent and easy to read? And, um, I mean, yeah, those are probably some of the the first steps. So it's funny to me that you called that networking, because I think for most other people, they think of networking as like going to these events where you try and cram your business card into somebody else's hand. Right. But Jen Alasco's version of networking is go work your guts out. Go, (laughs) Go find somebody, work your guts out for free, which I actually think is way better advice. I think that, you know, people at a cocktail party, sure, that's a great way to make a connection. But I think about how many people, whether it's Nick or Lindsay or other people that I know who've worked with you over the years, the the level that they're willing to depend on you and the amount of responsibility they give you is based on what they've seen you do. And that idea of go and volunteer with the people that you want to work with, um, it, it's it's such solid advice because actions speak so much louder than words. And it's funny because most of us feel like, well, I, you know, what if I graduated from, from university five years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago, volunteering? Are you serious? I, you know, I'm already successful on this other thing. But there's such a low barrier to entry, right? If you want to get into something new, so many groups or so many events will always take a volunteer, even if you're drastically overqualified. And when you get there and you're working hard and people find out and you're, like you're going above and beyond, then all of a sudden it turns into the professional opportunities. At least that's what it seems like to me. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I knew that I had value coming to any team. And so, you know, it's the same thing. If you know you have something to bring, you just need to show it. You need to be able to prove that. Yeah. Well, um, I know we've talked about running events for child rescue, but when you think about the cause of child rescue, you've donated so much time over the years, been involved professionally, What is it about that issue that uh, has personally got you so involved? Well, having my own kids really um, made it real, right? This issue of child sex trafficking and um, knowing that something as horrific as being sexually exploited could happen to my little girl all of a sudden makes it so much more 
unbearable to think that that's happening to other people, other other people's children, right? Um, and so, you know, I've, I've learned so much about child sex trafficking. I've learned so much about exploitation, um, both nationally and internationally. Um, but the thing that I love so much about child rescue is is how hopeful it is that that there is something to be done and you can um, make a difference. You can actually help, um, whether that's, you know, supporting an aftercare facility, which is so essential for those girls that who have been trafficked and being able to get them on their feet again and be, you know, responsible members of society, whether it's supporting them or, you know, supporting the teams that are actually going in and rescuing these children. Like it, there's just so much that you can do that can be done. Um, you know, even educating, educating our society on sex trafficking. That's, that's what I love about child rescue is that it's, it's hopeful. You know, there, there is something to do rather than to just sit back and, (laughs) and be devastated. That's great. Well, we really appreciate all the time you spent with us today. Yeah. So much fun, Jess. Thank you. Okay. Talk to you soon. That was part two of our interview. If you missed part one, please go back an episode and download the episode before this one for the first half of the interview. As always, please check iCollective.co for show notes of things referenced during the interview and to learn more about our guest. And if you're interested, we'd love to have you learn more about the charity Child Rescue. Go to the menu page on iCollective and click on Child Rescue. Thanks so much. And now, an ad from Dad. All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.